Hi there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Cloud-Based Mayhem. I got a great show for you today with Marcela Uchoa. I hope I'm saying that correctly, but she was the gal down in Brazil. She's Brazilian who broke the female world record distance last October on the 25th. Went uh, almost 415K, and she was flying with... Rafael Saladini and the boys down there that set the world record three years ago, I guess now. Uh, so Brazil is a hotbed of huge flights. Uh, this was not a particularly great day, uh, but she went very far. Uh, of course, she's going to be pressing on the gas again uh, this this year to uh, hopefully go farther. And uh, But yeah, this was a tough day, a lot of blue, a uh, pretty slow day, but uh, still kind of stuck with it. And we hear all about that story. The magazines have been saying a lot of like zero to hero because she hasn't been at the game very long, but she has been uh, at the game for nine years. That's not very short either, but got really seriously into it about four years ago. So we talked about her progression and mentors and how she got into it and how she's chasing it and she's doing really well in comps. So uh, super inspiring and it was fun to hear about her uh, stories about flying in the Sertau, which is a pretty serious place. You have all seen, I'm sure, the launch videos of Kishida and Patu and some of the other places. Uh, this was done off off the toe, and, uh, which is definitely seems like to be the way to go down there. The Swiss teams and stuff have been doing these huge flights out of Keiko and towing, so yeah, fun story. I think you're going to enjoy it. Uh, before we get into it, the one little bit of housekeeping I have is we have finished this transition that I've been talking about in the last few shows um, to have our own subscription service through the website, cloudbasedmayhem.com. Those of you who support the show on Patreon, if you like that platform, I like that platform. It totally works for me. Uh, and actually, the fees are the best there. So if you like it, stick with it. Stay there. If, you, uh, if you're in a country where you're getting slammed with a lot of VAT or something else, uh, come on over to ours. It's just straight credit card charge and uh, do it through there. The rewards will all be the same. Uh, what this gives you access to is all the bonus content, you know, little pieces of uh, when I have these talks, we often cut stuff out. We put those back in in the bonus content for the Ask Me Anything shows, uh, like with myself and Bill Belcourt and others. Uh, we're going to be doing more and more and more of those, especially after the X Alps. It'll be a little tricky to do it before then, but um, all the kind of bonus content is available to all of our subscribers. Uh, subscribers mean you support the show in some way. But that, what that doesn't mean is that you're being locked out because of money. I realize a lot of people can't afford to support the show, and I totally get it. There are many other ways to support it. And as I say over and over again, you can share it with your friends. You can talk about it on the way up to launch. Um, but if you have subscribed to our newsletter, if you've bought anything through our store, uh, basically if you've had any contact with the, with the website at all, you should be all set up as a subscriber. I've done that all manually. I've taken our whole database I've made you all subscribers, um, and so you ought to be able to log in and get access to that bonus content, even if you don't support us financially. The hope is that someday you'll be in a position to do so, and you can do so and become a financial supporter, because that's how this all happens. Instead of having uh, all those sponsor stuff in the beginning of the show, you get to hear me, which is hopefully okay. But uh, yeah, anyway, that's all been done. Uh, I, as always, I so much appreciate the support. Thanks for hanging with us. and. Thanks for enjoying these, and thanks for all your emails. I've uh, got some more great shows coming up. Uh, the next one, which will be very close to the start of the X-Alps, will be with Patrick Von Cannell. He's uh, Kriegel's, uh, Kriegel is his mentor. Uh, 
very talented pilot in his mid-20s. He's competing as a rookie for the first time, so we talk about that. Uh, another fantastic one. And I have a few others on, and we've got a bunch of great shows coming up from around the world. Uh, fantastic folks who know a lot about this sport, so I think you're going to enjoy it. So, yeah, by the time this lands, I will be on a plane going to Europe. Uh, the race is getting pretty close. So that's super exciting. And in the meantime, enjoy the show with Marcelo Ochoa. Marcella, awesome to have you on the show. I really appreciate it. I became an Instagram follower of yours a few weeks back and uh, was watching you in the Nationals and, of course, watched your big flight this last, I think, October 25th. Uh, congratulations on on breaking the, the, the world record. We are definitely going to get into that. I have a special uh, uh, attraction to the Sertau. I was down there a couple years ago flying with Rafael and those guys uh, trying the Tasima thing, which was like the hardest patience game of my life. I have a lot of respect for that place. It's not just like flying over. I think people, you know, understand those big flights is just flying downwind over the flatlands and it's no big deal. But the Sertau is is very real terrain. So uh, I can't wait to talk to you about that. But where I thought we'd start is uh, with the nationals that just happened. I was, I was following your picks and stuff, which were beautiful and looked like a cool place to fly. I've only flown the Sertau down there, but how did the Nationals go? And and hi and welcome. <laughs> hi, Gavin. Um, first, uh, thank you for having me here. It's an honor to talk to be talking to you. I always have been listening to your podcasts and being in one. It's such an honor. <laughs> so thank you. And uh, about the Nationals now, uh, it was in Gover Governador Valadares in Minas Gerais. It's a very nice place to fly. Uh, I uh, had flown there like only one time, so I have never competed there. It was my first time competing there. Uh, the conditions were good, but not like epic, how is usually there, but was um, very good for computing. Like we have uh, six tasks out of seven, right? So wow, great. God, Brazil's awesome. <laughs> Take yeah. Six out of seven, and that's just okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It was nice tasks. I mean, not so long, like 60. I have uh, one of 80, I guess, and the other 70 or something. But uh, was some of the tasks were very technical because the conditions were not so great. So, like, uh, we had the cloud-based low and some days with, uh, like, uh, overcast. So uh, I learned a lot, and I love to fly... Um, in competitions, I love to compete. I think it's one of the best places to learn, to evolve ourselves, like to watch the top pilots and do it the same, you know. <laughs> and uh, for my results, I was first women. Uh, we also got the first team. Uh, and overall, I was 27. Uh, I was pretty good in the first days. Like I thought that I would get like between top 10, but uh, I still have a lot to work on it, like my end game and 
like the last thermo to go. And but I'm happy with my result because it was like the first comp that uh, I feel like 100% uh, comfortable with my Enzo. Like I'm full speed and really comfortable. So I think I will improve this year. It's going to be a better year than last year since it's my second year with Enzo. So it's a good thing. What what are what size are you flying on the Enzo? S. Okay, so small size. Where 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 are you trying to get? I'm assuming you're using a lot of ballast then, because I, I I flew the, the small Enzo last year for a period of time when Niviak didn't have a, a race wing ready. Um, what are you trying to fly it at? Yeah, I mean, uh, when I started to fly, I used to carry like a lot of ballast, so I gained weight, <laughs> so I didn't have to carry that much. So now I'm carrying like uh, only eight kilos, which is still a lot, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, it's okay. So I fly with like nine, nine seven, nine eight. Okay, um, so you're you're up, but not, not quite at the top. But you're you're trying to be no. kind of the top third. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow, so cool. I fly kind of light, but I like it this way. I mean, I uh, I tried like to fly uh, heavier, but I didn't like too much. Mm. Just you didn't like the feeling on the ground, or you didn't like it in the air. As no, well? oh. in the air because I think the wing is like uh, it's um, how can I say like it's more stiff, but it doesn't let you know too much about what's happening. Mm. So when you are lighter. It moves more, but I mean, it, it warns you more, you know, if it's going to, to have a collapse or anything. I think it's uh, the feelings better, you know, like the feeling in your hands. Interesting. Yeah, I only really ever flew it right at the top, so I, I probably should have played around with that a little bit more. Yeah, you should. <laughs> and what, what wing did you come from before, it went, before you came to the Enzo? Uh, I had a Zeno before, um, the first time that I went to Sertão, I was with a Zeno, uh, I flew like 150 hours with Zeno before moving to Enzo and before Zeno, I had a M6 and, uh, from M6, I wanted to get an Enzo. So I talked to Rafael Saladini, which is like one big friend and like this that he's i don't need to tell who he is right mm -hmm. no he's, he's bigger than life rafael is amazing yeah, yeah he, he's been on the podcast he was awesome i need to get him back yeah i heard it <laughs> <laughs> and uh i mean he always helped me a lot with like um with questions and everything about flying and uh like he suggests me it would be better to fly with Zeno first, like an introduction to a two-liner, and then move to an Enzo. So I'm very happy that I heard uh, that I listened to him because uh, I think it was like the perfect steps to getting um, CCC wing, you know? Yeah. So before we get into your big flight, let, let's give the listeners a little bit of background on your your history because this this was new to me. I, I found this out before we started recording, but they they had this whole you know 
they've had this whole kind of like zero to hero thing when they wrote you up uh, about your your 411k record this this fall in spring I guess for you but um, and it was you know that but you act, you've actually been flying for quite a while you just were, weren't you were going to school is that correct so you, you started flying like nine years ago yeah I started flying in 2010 but at the time I was in college so I didn't have much time to fly. And then I started a master's degree, and only when I finished this uh, master's in 2015, I finished. So in 2016, I started to focus really on flying. Uh, so uh, I was like dedicating a lot to it, and uh, I think it's when I started to see the results. And uh, at that time, I was flying like um, Skywalk Chile, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think it one of it was a really good wing uh, for learning, like because you don't need to um, to focus on the wing. You only, you only you can focus on the conditions and everything. So I started competing with uh the chili i mean even before that i my first nationals i was with a Elus, like it's a b-wing from Sol paragliders mm-hmm. and I, I only like did uh all the days i landed like in the foot of the hill you know <laughs> <laughs> just straight down <laughs> I, yeah i mean i didn't even make the start i guess but i mean it was really good you know to learn and i mean when you were uh with a good pilot it's when you are learning i i think so you know what was so, the what was the catalyst to why did you learn to paraglide what was the reason what got you into it um i did a skydiving tandem and i love it <laughs> so in 2009 and uh when i came back to my hometown i was obsessed with, with it i wanted to take a course and everything and it was so expensive the skydiving and i mean i would have to pay each uh jump and everything and in my city in my hometown at that time there was no uh, woman flying and I knew the guys uh, from the paragliding school. And they said, oh, there's no woman fly. If you want to fly, we can teach you for free. I said, oh, no way. So, yes, I wanted. Wow. <laughs> and, like, when my first time, the very first time it took off my feet from the ground, I was, like, completely in love, you know. When I landed, I looked to the takeoff and, like, the little person's there. <laughs> And I looked there and I was, oh my God, I came flying from there to here. I came flying, you know. I, was, I couldn't believe it. I was crying and laughing at the same time, like too much happiness, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I fell in love. It was I, love the first sight, yeah, <laughs> the first flight. My, my, my first XC was like, 6k uh from the in the dominican republic i was i was starting this big you know around the world sailing adventure back then and i had just gotten kind of hooked on paragliding and gotten my p2 and but i hadn't really you know i I didn't even really know xc i didn't know that what that was really back then when i first learned and so we i did this like first little 6k flight and i was just 
oh my God, the people in the car must have been so annoyed with me. <laughs> so I was just, I just yeah, flew I was... from there to there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think like the people in the car, like every big flight or good flight that we do, and when we come back and they don't get it, right? <laughs> They're like, oh, these people are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, okay, so it's love at first sight. Um, take us through, just, you know, give us the short version of uh, how did you decide to, how did you go from, you know, uh, spring chicken, uh, obviously you're, you're getting your master's, so you weren't able to dedicate that much time really to it until 2015, it sounds like, but, um, you know, wh wh how did you go from bug to, you know, breaking the world record? Mm, so, um, even though that I didn't fly that much uh i always dreamed about the world record like did. since wow. yes since my first year like uh i met uh camira uh one brazilian girl that had the record that time in 2010 and there was a pwc in my city in 2010 so like i met all these great top pilots of the world and I also met her, who was who is a Brazilian, and she had the record. And I said, "Oh my God, it's so cool!" I mean, one day I want to be the girl that fly the most, that flew the most in the world, you know. But I mean, it was just like a dream, a distant dream. And like I had my college and then masters, so it's like the dream kept in the box, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what, what were you when, studying just? Just to sorry to break in, but what, what did you get your master's in? My master's, um, I got a scholarship to do it uh, overseas, so uh, I did it in Europe, and it was like a, a special kind of program, uh, Erasmus Mundus, it's called, and uh, it's like six uh, months in each country. So I started in France, and then I went to Spain, and then Belgium. And then my thesis, I could choose anywhere in the world that I wanted to develop it. And I always, and my second great passions are sharks. I love sharks. Mm. And I did my thesis uh, about sharks in Bahamas. Mm. So it was like a dreaming come true, you know. <laughs> That, that's interesting because when I when I Googled you and started doing a little bit of research, all kinds of pictures of sharks came up. So now I understand why. Yeah. So are you are you marine biologist? Yes, marine biologist. Ah, okay. Oh, fantastic. Okay, cool. Well, carry on with your story of progression. I just I, I wanted to find out what you studied. So and then uh, when I finished the masters, I came back to Brazil. I was going to start a PhD. But I, I thought to myself, if I start a PhD, I won't have time at all to fly, you know. And I mean, I, I thought this is the time to do what I want and what I really dream and what I... Uh, so I went to ask my father for help, like if he could help me out for a couple of years to see this... Uh, paragliding thing would uh, get me anywhere and he said yes for sure I can help you and so in 2016 I really started to dedicating like I was uh, I changed it to from Chile to M6 
Uh, actually, I did. I uh, first I got um, Cayenne as Cayenne mm -hmm. five, mm -hmm. but uh, I stayed with it. I flew only like twenty hours because uh, I lost some weight and I had to change the wing and like all uh, sea wings in the small size were homologated D. So if I said, okay, so I'm going to get a D and I'm going to get an M6. So, and then was when I really like started and understand it to fly and cross country. I mean, with Chile, I did many great flights. I did many of 90, 99, <laughs> but not 100. <laughs> I need another wing. I got to get to a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> it was like crazy. I had so many flights of 90, you know, <laughs> but I couldn't make a hundred. But then with M6, I flew a lot, a lot. I mean, I think one, it's one of the wings I flew the most. And, uh, I had like, a. um, a friend helped me out, like flying together. So uh, I think we improved a lot, like flying together and changing experiences and always trying to join in, uh, the most uh, com competitions that I could. Uh, because I, like I told you, I think it's where you learn the most, you know, even for uh, exit flights, I think you learn a lot in competitions because you are uh, watching the top pilots and you are learning to fly fast. Sure. So I think it's perfect for, um, for your like pilot evolution, you know? Yeah. Uh, sure. And then after that, uh, I went to talk with Rafael about, I wanted to get a CCC wing and he told me about the Zeno that I should uh, go uh, slowly so I don't like scare myself or anything like that. And I told him that I really wanted to go to Sertão. And he said, I don't think it's a good idea to go to the first time to Sertão with the CCC wing and your first year, you know? Mm. So I, yeah, it was really good advice. I was kind of crazy, I guess. <laughs> So I, I got the, the Zeno and I flew a lot. I mean, I had the opportunity to go to lots of competitions, including uh, PW, two PWCs, one here uh, near my hometown in Andradas in 2017. Uh, and then I went to the Sertão for the first time uh, with my friend, uh, with two friends. And we were flying first in Quixada, and then we went to Patu. Mm. And in that year, uh, in Patu, I flew like 362, uh, which was the Brazilian female record. Mm. So I was like so into uh, the world record that I didn't even know like which one was the Brazilian record, female record, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> when I landed, I was like, my my phone was like with million uh, messages. Oh my God, you know, I was, what these people are talking about? I didn't break any record, you know? <laughs> because I was so into it, like 402, you know, the sacred record. So, 
But I mean, it was a great first year to Sertan. Uh, I learned a lot. I learned my focus, my main uh, focus was, was to fly the whole window, like to fly from down to dusk, you know? Mm. Uh, and, and, and I mean, not caring about the kilometers, sure. only to be able to fly the whole day, it, which it, is difficult. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's the special thing about that place is it starts working literally be, almost before the sun comes up. You know, it's, it's just it's just like instantly, I wouldn't say on, you know, in my, my experience at Tasima one was this unbelievable just incredible how patient you had to be though you know those guys when they did the big record you know i think it was two flights in 39 days and um yeah. you know there are much more special places in the world than tasima brazil <laughs> you, know, it was, yeah. you know if you go out there at 5 30 and get set up and you don't make it over that first plateau which was you know really hard to do because base is basically right on the dirt and at that early in the morning and it's blowing you know it's it's like everybody sees the the videos and Kishida, you know, it's, it's blowing hard. And, you know, if you don't make it over that, you go back to the hotel at 8 a.m. and yeah. you sit there all yeah. day. You know, nothing to <laughs> and do. look at the clouds, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, and those guys, Raphael and Samuel and those guys, one day, you know, they just knew that they weren't on pace, you know, for a really big, so they just went and landed uh, and, and went back and it was still, you know, it was a decent day, but I just thought, man, these guys are dedicated to this. It's just, it's a hard game. It's, it's, I would yeah. call it type two fun for sure. Well, you know, so the explain. Yeah, to folks I that, think it's like, it's not even fun. It's like it's, a mission. Yeah. Like, I would like, agree. It's not really that fun. Yeah. I, yes. I, I had a lot more fun when I moved. I, I had a nice flight from, from Tasima to Kishida. And then, and I just stayed in Kishida the rest of the time. So I was, I was over it. I'd spent like 11 or 12 days in Tasima and it was like, ugh. In Kishida, at least there's mm -hmm. a hotel and I don't know, there's, yeah. a, there's, there's people around that you can talk yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, I, I, a lot of people have seen the launch videos at Kishida and it looks, you know, it looks pretty serious. Uh, Patu, I, I, I never flew Patu, but I understand it's kind of the same, if maybe not trickier. Um, when you first went there, were you, were you pretty reticent? Were you, were you pretty nervous? Because it's, you know, it's a little serious. Yes, I was like really nervous. Um, so, I mean, I decided to go, but when I got there and I saw like people taking it off, I was like, oh my God, what am I doing here? You know, <laughs> it's like, I want to go home. And like in the very first day that I, I was going to fly, like the first day we arrived late. So we went to the takeoff only to watch. And okay, I got scared because the takeoffs were, and especially when it's later, it's worse, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I went to the hotel, like, think, oh, my God, what I'm doing here? And, like, the next day that I was supposed to fly, a guy died, like, in Kishada. Oof. Like, one, it was, like, the second uh, person to die there. And, unfortunately, I was there, like, when it happened. Mm. So I was, like, pretty scared and, like, watching the helicopters coming and rescuing the guy. And then after knowing that he was really dead, it was 
like horrible. I really thought about going back home. So I didn't fly like for five days, you know, I was, it, it, it really, um, affect me, affect me. I mean, even though that I didn't know the guy, I was like pretty scared, you know, mm. and I didn't tell my parents because I knew that they would like freak out. And like <laughs> two or three days later, my dad calls me like really pissed off. And like he used it to work, he worked with the guy one time and he got the news about the guy that he was flying Shada and, you know, mm. crashed. And my dad was like really mad at me for not telling him. And my mom was like, oh, my God, I will give you anything in the world. So just come home, you know, don't fly there. And I uh, was like with the pressure of my parents and I was scared. But I said, no, I came to do this and I'm going to do it. I know that I'm prepared to do it. I have been prepared, preparing for it like the whole year, like, like the whole two years and I'm, I was so looking forward to, forward to it. So I'm going to do it, you know? So the first flight was like really, <laughs> I was yeah. really nervous before taking off. And it's like you get there and um, the guy uh, stays on like on the top of the takeoff and he tells you when to take off. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's crazy. incredibly intimidating. My my first time I yeah. went to Kishida, it was, you know, it, it, it was just a normal day. It wasn't it wasn't violent or bad. It was perfect. And and uh, but golly, man, you stand on the top there with fifty other people, and everybody's yeah. watching, and it is watching windy. You. And yeah. man, it was like, and you can just see, you can kind of visualize in your head, like, man, if I screw up and get towed into the you know, you can get towed into the, where that guy died or you go over the back or, you know, I mean, man, yeah. it's just like, Oh, this it's intense. Yeah. Yeah. It's very intense. I mean, you have to, uh, get like the real, uh, the mind, like in the right place Yeah. because if you don't, I mean, it's really hard, but then, uh, like my, this first day to cough was really good. Like the conditions were not like crazy. And I took off really, really early. Like uh, that was uh, like my main goal. Like in Kishada, I wouldn't take off after seven, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> like always like 6.30 maximum, you know, like 6, 6.30 I was in the air. I didn't care because I, I, you could take off uh, nicely. I mean, for uh, there, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, the first time I was in, it's in that time, it's soft. I mean, it's not turbulent, right? I mean, the, the, the wind is strong, but it, there are no, uh, much thermals yet. So it's calm, you know, it's so I went to, uh, just doing like a lift and the big rock <laughs> yeah. and it was calm, you know? So I was like, getting into it and relaxing. So I think it's very good. Like if you take off early there, because it gives you, gives you time to understand the condition and to be, uh, more relaxed to start the, the flight because you need to wait until like seven thirty eight AM. So the cloud blade, the cloud base, um, it's high enough so you can go, uh, 
back to the takeoff, right? Mm. So uh, I think it, this one hour flying uh, there uh, in front of the rock, just feeling the conditions and feeling the lines where where it sinks and how it is, and think it's very good, so you can start a good flight. So, but from Kishada, I only did like two good flights, I guess, one of 200 and another one, 240. Uh, and then I have a, uh, an accident there <laughs> in oh. the takeoff. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, I didn't talk too much and I didn't like, um, like publish my post, my video because, uh, I mean, I don't like to post like collapses and this type of things because you know, like this, uh, things go like spread so fast yeah. and the good things don't. Right. Right. Yeah. So, every, everybody but, perceives paragliding badly enough as it is. We don't need to help. <laughs> yes, sure. So, but I mean, uh, it was been like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know, like two weeks I was there. I was already comfortable, you know, and I think like this uh, about the takeoff that the guy tells you when to take off. It's good, but at the same time, it's not good. But I mean, because I got to the point that I wasn't even looked the wind, you know, I wasn't even, uh, uh, you know, like analyzing the conditions. So I wanted just get in the line and take off, you know, mm. and this day was pretty strong, was really strong. And was kind of cross, uh, crosswords, the, the wind mm. was a little bit from the side, which is, I mean, now that I think if I uh, would realize that the time I wouldn't take off, you know, but I, I, like I told you, I was not even looking too much at the conditions. I was so automatic, like waking up really early and before the lines get so big there. So I had like only three guys in front of me, I guess, two or three. And they took so long to take off because there were no like lows. Mm. <laughs> the, the winds were so uh, um, high, like so strong that there were uh, no windows to take off, you know? And uh, like was getting late and later. And when it was my turn, I sat there like for almost 20 minutes mm. so to get to get a low Something's so wrong. at this time yeah yeah I mean now that I see it I see it this way but you know I was so uh, I don't know blinded and wanted to fly that I didn't uh, care you know but I mean it was too strong and when I took off uh, I got like a big collapse from uh, left side from where the wind was coming, you know, mm -hmm. uh, because I left a little loose the the line. Mm. It was my mistake because I watched it like a hundred times the video and it was my mistake. But anyway, I got like this big collapse and my wing like shoots uh, um, like spinning. And I like when I uh, watch, I'm like <laughs> coming back to the takeoff, like front in front, you know. Mm. And uh, so, and my wing was still closed, like half of it, and I couldn't like hold too much the other side because otherwise I would uh, stall it. Yeah. 
So I heard it as much as I could and I I just crashed it on the takeoff. Uh, I was very, very lucky because I crashed it just like beside a rock. And this was like in my mind for weeks <laughs> that I was very lucky and I didn't hurt. I mean, I was hurting. Uh, I went to the hospital and that night because I had my back hurting a lot and I was worried that I really had uh, hurt something. But uh, luckily, I didn't hurt. It was just the pain from the impact. So I stayed one week uh, without flying. And then I decided to go to Patu. I asked my friend, I said, oh, I don't want to fly here anymore. Uh, I'm not comfortable. But anyway, um, let's try another place. And then we went to Patu. And that was like the best thing I did. It. Mm. <laughs> Because I really prefer to take off. It's much safer. And because, I mean, uh, it has like a plateau, you know. So even if you fly backwards, you have more space to accelerate, accelerate and escape from the the hill, you know. Yep. Because Kishada is too, uh, how can I explain? It's too like a peak, you know. Yeah. If you fly a little bit backwards, you are right in the lee side, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It drops and, drops immediately off on the backside. Yes, and in Patu you have more space to accelerate and see and more uh, like alternative uh, ways to escape the lee side, you know. Mm. So it, I got more comfortable there, and there not uh, there there was no many people, like hundred people watching you. We're, we're only like five pilots or so, so it was really good in that way, I guess. And less, uh, less pressure, also, less stress. Yes. And I also like the, like the route better because you can uh, escape the little hills and you can go like uh, almost flat in, in the, the, the morning, like when the wind is stronger, you know? Hmm. So I felt safer there. Uh, and I did uh, good flights in the beginning, and then uh, on almost the end of the uh, the expedition, I did this 362 flight. Like we flew the whole day, and that was and the, was that like, was the women's record at the time. Yeah, the yeah. Brazilian. Yeah, Brazilian, right. Yeah. So that kind of that kind of planted the seed for 2018. Yeah, you left on a really yes. good note. Nice last one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to leave. I was like, oh my God, I'm so close to 400. I want to stay. <laughs> But I had to leave and I didn't have money anymore. So, I mean, I, I spent like one month in Sertal. So. Did, did, the, uh, yeah. did, did Seiko have the record at that time? Was it, was it her record yes. down in Australia? Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was her. I guess... Uh, In that year, uh, Joanna did a flight of 400. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if like, it was that year or the year before. She was I like don't one know. or 2K short or something from the. Yes. Yes. Yeah. She was, I think she flew like 400, uh, like 0.0, <laughs> two kilometers from the, the record. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about that with with her on the on the podcast, and then she. I think she went back the next year. She was there the year I was there. She'd got there right after I left, and uh, but unfortunately didn't didn't quite get it that year. So, well, it's it's so cool that you guys are chasing this. Uh, so okay, so the the seed is planted. Um, is that kind of all you thought about for the next eleven months? <laughs> going, going back. <laughs> Yeah, almost, you know, because I got home and I was like, oh my God, I need to go somewhere. I want to go to Australia. I want to go to Texas. I don't want to wait 11 months. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like you you said, I mean, um, you know, I... When I went down there, I was fascinated with Tasima and watching those guys when they did the big flight. And then I got there and I just thought, man, this is a different, it's a really different mindset. It is not, I wouldn't classify it as fun at all. You know, yeah, it's, it's really, yeah. really um, you know, I, it looked to me like when I was there that there were, there were a lot of big flights going out of Patu. And, you know, when I had, when I finally did hook into some good days, uh, both I had one from Tasima and then a, a several from, from Kishida and, and it was really fun, but at the same time, I mean, these long drives back all night and, uh, just, you know, getting up super early, uh, which I don't mind at all, but it was, you know, you really have to dedicate yourself to this. Yeah. And, and, the, and I mean, and one month doing that, it's like, but then you are like, Oh my oh, God, man. I can't take it anymore. Exhausting. <laughs> oh, you can't. It's yeah. exhausting. I mean, I'm, Raphael was telling me that, you know, he was having to call his wife and, you know, it, it, it almost sounded like, you know, like she's talking them out of suicide at times, which, you know, just, just, I mean, they sat there for 39 days in Tasima and yes. twice. Yeah. You know, that, that yeah. is brutal. I mean, there's nothing to do in that town. There's nothing, there's nowhere to go. There's not really any food. Yeah. Anymore. It's like it's you're tough. sitting in the hotel in the air condition and, and waiting for tomorrow. Right? Yeah. You just wait and the weather forecasts mean nothing, you know, so every day, quote unquote, looks better than the last time. And most of the time you go out there and it's raining, you know, it's not even, it's not even flyable. You just go out, oh, this just doesn't work, go back to the hotel. <laughs> you know, it's awful. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's like a super mission, right? Yeah. It's a mission. It's, yeah, it's definitely type two, too fun. Um, so between uh 2017 and 2018 you know when you go back well you know what actually i wanted to ask you first about your dad so i I just became a dad about a year and a half ago and Mm -hmm. you know the thought of supporting my daughter to go paragliding is no is something i i hope i figure out how to do but it like right (laughs) now when i look at this little person and i understand you know when you have a child your your whole concept of love really mm-hmm. changes you're just like oh my god this is this is you know you 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 just i didn't know what love was until i had a until i had a daughter um yes. but I, you know knowing the risks and knowing how dangerous this sport can be um you know i i definitely believe that it can be done safely and we don't have to you know expect to crash uh you know is it i'm surrounded by mentors and really good pilots who never have so clearly you, you know that can be done with the right training and the right approach and the right approach to risk but something we talk about on the podcast all the time but man i don't know if i could support my daughter to go paragliding um what what is the relationship with your dad and how did how did uh you know does he does he understand the risk because it sounds like that was you know a big big move to get his support 
Yeah, I mean, uh, when I first started flying, uh, my mom was like the biggest problem. Like, my dad was supporting. Uh, I mean, not that much, but uh, I mean, he would understand. But my mom was like crazy. She would like really like trying to convince me to give up, you know. Uh, it's like I, I told you, she would like go like, oh, my God, I'll do anything. I'll give you anything you want, you know, name it, just stop doing it, just stop flying. <laughs> and I said, I mean, it's, uh, I love it. You know, it's like the biggest, um, passion, love of my life. I love flying. It's like, I can't live without it, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. So I think they, uh, had to like, to get used to the idea of me flying, you know? And for, uh, I think it was like very difficult to them because no one fly, flies here. So my family, my mom is really, she doesn't even go like in a roller coaster, coaster you know, <laughs> she's like scared of everything. So I don't know where I got the courage because my dad is also like, he doesn't like none of this kind of stuff. So it was pretty like different for them, you know, but, um, nowadays they are really supported, supported, you know, mm. they, they like when I, I'm in competitions, they watch the live and <laughs> it's so cool. Like when I landed, like I have like 10 messages of my father, like, Oh, go, you are in 10, you are, in... <laughs> and he goes like, he, uh, print screen, you know, and send me like. <laughs> so they tended a lot, you know. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> so they got used to it. I mean, there was no other choice, you know. I think when if your 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 daughter wants to fly, yeah, uh, you cannot do much. To, <laughs> if she really wants to do it, I mean, you cannot hold her back, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, so, okay. So you go, you go back home. Uh, it sounds like you have another kind of big year of training and comps and that kind of thing. Uh, you, you've obviously got this, the Sertau in the back of your mind and maybe other places in Australia and Texas and stuff. But, um, so was it, uh, we're, obviously that was the plan, go back there and, and break the world record. Uh, so, yes. so let's, let's take us back there. Uh, should I tell you about my year, like 2018? Yeah. Yeah, because it's when uh, I changed the wing, like from Zeno mm. to Enzo. Mm. Um, and I, I was the year that I went to the most competitions. Like uh, I went to the super final in Colombia, still with my Zeno in January, which I mean, this was the most like incredible competition I ever have been to it. Like I couldn't believe the level, yeah, you know, the speed at the super finals, just a whole yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So it's like, it's really cool because it opens your eyes You know, it's like, Oh my God, people are flying this level, you know, because only when, when you were only like, uh, in regional and national comps, like you don't have this idea then how, good uh the pilots can be you know yeah yeah it's amazing it was really amazing and then i went to 
like lots of PWCs, uh, PWC in, in Bashoguandu. And then I went to Bulgaria, Turkey. And I think in Turkey was like uh, the best place, uh, like a preparation for the Sertan because uh, it was like a desert and it was really, really strong. I, I gotta say, I mean, I think it's even stronger than Sertan. Mm. Yeah, that, that, because, that did look like a strong comp. Yeah, because there was no much wind. So like the thermals were crazy strong and like not very organized because I think when the the, the wind helps like to organize, organize the thermals, you know? Mm. And it was kind of chaotic, you know, in Turkey. Yeah. So it was like a comp, like I learned a lot. So I think it was a, a good preparation for Sertan. And uh, like a, um, I was talking with the guys and I had like the great opportunity to go to Sertan with the best pilots, with the best team. Uh, I went with Rafael Salagini with the, the, the team that uh, is the, the, broke the record. world record. Yeah. yeah. Rafael Salagini, Samuel Nascimento, Frank Brown, and Marcelo Pieto. Mm. So I was like with the best pilots yeah, in the world. That's that is a real gift. You're with the you're with the A team. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just perfect. We went first to Patu, me, Rafael, and Samuel, just to train me to fly as a group, like because it's very different when you're flying in a group and. Uh, than flying by yourself, you know, like sometimes you have to wait or sometimes uh, you have to go lower to keep keep up with the guys. So, yeah, you know what? The, well, let, let's spend a couple minutes talking about the tactics of that, because um, we, we were all we all had a really cool time last summer at, at nationals in, in, here in the U.S. and in, in um, flying with Donizete, you know, who who mm -hmm. spent a lot yeah. of time flying with those guys over all those years. Mm -hmm. and his he taught us a lot about team flying, and that was just something we didn't know anything about understand i mean i think we kind of understood the theory of it but we were terrible at it uh until mm -hmm. you know flying with him a little bit and he really uh helped us understand you know that that staying at the same altitude and you know that, yeah. that the guys that were high left that the guy that was low would have to push out and it was it was really interesting how they how they've developed this tactic and and how you know, it really munches kilometers, you know, with it. If you do it well, it's just so much faster. Yeah. I mean, it's like in the competition, you know, I mean, uh, if you're flying the gaggle, the gaggle is always more effective than flying by yourself. Right. Sure. So it's like uh, similar ideas, but it's different because, uh, in the competition, you are competing with the guys. Right. But in, when you're flying the team, you are flying together, not competing to each other. So I think uh, when I first saw them flying together, it was like, oh my God, <laughs> because it's very different from what we are usually to see. I mean, they would go like, uh, if there was one guy that was lower, uh, one of the guys that was higher would spiral 
air down and go help the guy to climb, you know? Hmm. So they would climb together. So they would climb faster. But it was just crazy to saw like one spiral down to help another, you know? Hmm. So it's like a really... Uh, helping each other you, you you can't think only about yourself it's uh it's it's the whole group it's like Rafael Saladini says it's like a uh, huge uh, organism and each one it's a cell and we have to move all together so uh, in order to work properly right hmm. fascinating but it's terrific yeah it's really, really cool to watch them flying. I mean, I learned a lot, a lot with them. And um, it was uh, just perfect. And then uh, we finished in Patu. We did uh, good flights there. Uh, actually, there was one flight that <laughs> that was a crazy flight because every day I would declare 377 kilometers. Because I like seven. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. And then this day I go, okay, I'm going to declare uh, 380. So we went flying and <laughs> like we flew like 10 hours and 40 minutes, like almost 11 hours. And when we uh, passed above the 377, I wanted to kill myself. I said, oh, my God, why did I change it? <laughs> because we were low. And it was only me and Rafael Saladini uh, in his wing. And it's XL, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's Different like in the end. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, a sail plan. <laughs> <laughs> and... We were like in the end of the the afternoon and just gliding, you know, the last glide. And I was, oh my God, we're not going to get it, not going to get it. And it's like 307, 8 and getting lower. And there was like a little hill and there was kind of uh, trees and everything. So no landing spots. And the point was like just above this little hill. I was so stupid because I didn't check where did I put the point. So, yeah. Oh, my God. So I was going, going, going. Ah, no, it's not going to happen. So I can I turn it and landed safely in the little village that there was. And Rafael went like just with the glide that she had, he had. He went like, and he did it 380, like right on that, right on the, I put the, the, the waypoint. <laughs> ah. It was like, I was so frustrated. I was, oh my God, you only one kilometer. I flew 379 and point three. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but I mean, when I landed, like the whole village came to me, like really, there was like 50 people around me <laughs> they were so excited and help and happy and they were helping me to carry my stuff but like in one minute my stuff were like oh gone <laughs> you know yeah, yeah, yeah. let's it let's uh, pack it here in my home and <laughs> you want water you want coffee you want to take a shower you want food what do you want i was oh my god 
Oh, they're <laughs> so was, nice. The people are so nice in the Sertel. It's amazing. That I was kind of frustrated because of the flight. But when after this, all good people came and they were like so good and nice that like the frustration of the flight just disappeared. You know, I was like really grateful just for being there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, a special day. So it was almost an 11 hour flight. Yes. 10 wow. hours and 40. Yeah. It was not a very good day. I mean, <laughs> yeah. the wind, the wind was not too strong, you know? Yeah, sure, sure. And so you, um, and, and that was from Patu or that was a tow? Yeah, that was from Patu. Okay. And, and then, then uh, when did you decide to start to towing? Because they've, you know, they've been doing this towing out of Keiko that's been unbelievable the last couple of years, the whole Swiss team and stuff, and they're just getting these huge flights. So do, do, is that why you guys switched to just make it easier to get up? Yeah, I mean, uh, we wanted to try the toe because, uh, of course, it's easier. I mean, it's much easier. Yeah. <laughs> I, pers I, I, my personal opinion, it's like it should be uh, separated the records. Sure, absolutely. Because it's completely different. Like with the toe, you don't have like the pressure to go to the takeoff, and you go to the takeoff and like. The wind's blowing and the trees are like, and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to fly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like in the tall, it's like the wind's not even that strong because you are in the ground level. Yeah, you don't have and, any compression. Yes. And I mean, there are no lee sides, so you can fly backwards, no problem, because it's all flat. So, and uh, we went to Asu. It's the name of the city in Rio Grande do Norte. Uh, and I, I like it there because the beginning of it, there were many uh, options of landing. And uh, so it w would make you like feel more secure. Like if you, even if you are flying backwards, there, there are many lands, um, landing zones. So uh, I really like uh, the toe because of that. So you don't have to face it, the lee side and really strong winds and the takeoff, you know, because it's it's really uh, easy to take off. I mean, we, we even uh, would do like a reverse uh, lunch, lunch because uh, we were so used to do it. And the wind was not, not so strong, so we just put the wing in our head, and the toe just pushed you, and was just really smooth, you know. I, I've been watching the, the some of the Swiss videos. They've been using the Cobra launch a lot, which I, yeah. I I don't know why I never that never occurred to me. Like when I was in Australia, we would always just do a reverse, and then um, you know, but it was often really windy. It seems like the Cobra is a really nice option. Yeah, I think it's a really nice option. If the ring is too strong, I think it's a better option, right? Yeah. But uh, as I told you, like when we were there, like there was not even one day that the wind was like crazy strong, you know. Hmm. So as we were more used to uh, take off uh, reverse, so we just did it. 
And so are are the are the guys uh, you know Samuel and and Marcelo and Rafael are they if they kind of given up then on on Tassima because it's, I mean Tassima is so hard to get going is it is it is it have they kind of is is the new thing really towing? Yeah, I mean, he, he they they wanted to try the towing because uh, everyone was doing it, and yeah. uh, of course, I mean, they told me about this about Tasima. It's really really long wait, and I think they didn't want to. Uh, they they wanted to enjoy more the time that they were there because they didn't have like forty days to stay in the Sertão, you know. They stayed long, uh, only three weeks, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it was the first year trying it, and uh, we like it. I mean, but uh, I I agree, and I think they think the same way about like it should be separate the records because yeah, it's I mean, so different. Foot, foot launching is just way more sexy it just is you know i mean in, in texas yeah. you've got a toe and australia you've got a toe and th- i mean there should totally be a different uh you know a just different classification it's just a different it's a different sport <laughs> yeah because i mean you have a, a, a an engine and put you up right yeah, yeah, <laughs> you, are, you are not going up uh, only i know by yourself so yeah. i think it's different but it's uh, a good thing, I mean, uh, towing, because it's safer. So I think everyone should do it because it's safer. No one wants to take risks if you uh, can choose not to take them, right? Yeah, sure, sure. Okay, well, uh, being mindful of your time, let's let's hear about the big flight. So how to go down. Because I, I, the report I read um, from you made it sound like it was pretty pretty tough day uh blue um you know not not super windy um but yeah it sounded like kind of a tough day yeah it was i mean uh that day the in the beginning the wind was a bit strong uh but it was blue no clouds at all and so the beginning I, i was the last to be towing so uh, Rafael and uh, Samuka were the first, and then uh, Frankie and my, Marcelo, and then me. So I was by myself, like the beginning of the flight. So I had to take risks, like to go really low to try to catch up with the guys, because otherwise I would be left behind, you know? So the first, uh, the first, the, the beginning of the flight, uh, I was like really low and I was like thinking I was going to land, <laughs> but I said, no, no, I need to, to go. So I was like in little bubbles. I was like just turning and going with the wind and, and not wasting any time, you know? And I was able to catch with, uh, Frankie and Cecil. So I was flying with both of them uh, and it, it was much easier than flying alone, right? Mm-hmm. And then in the, I think it was already 10 a.m. or so, we met with the other guys, with uh, Rafael and Samuka, because they like to slow it down so we could catch up with them. 
so we were like uh, at one point we were all together and there was also another pilot uh, Sebastian Ospina you know yeah he was also with us yeah and uh, it was very turbulent like <laughs> I couldn't eat I couldn't drink water I was just like just uh, worried about leaving the wing above my head <laughs> <laughs> just keep it together keep it together yeah i was like at one point i was telling i was trembling with the guys and i was telling them i was oh my god i can't take it anymore it's too turbulent <laughs> <laughs> and then samuka where he was really nice and he said thank think it's only a phase we're gonna we are going to pass this you know Think uh, like later on, you know, just don't pay attention now. Don't be like uh, hook up on, on this, you know, like said, okay, I'll try to not focus on that. And uh, we went flying, flying. And then uh, in Kishada, uh, it was around midday, I guess. Uh, the wind got uh, lower, but we had some clouds, uh, so it was uh, good, but it uh, it was uh, turbulent. And at, at this time, it was me, Rafael, and Samuka, Frankie and Cecil, and uh, Sebastian Mospina. They were in the front of us, like, I don't know how many kilometers, but they were faster. Uh, and the guy were trying to help me and they fly with me. And was what had you guys discussed? I mean, I, you know, I, I know those guys at this point for sure. They know that they're not on world, you know, they're not going to break you know, the world record. But, you know, they 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 really watch that stuff. Um, and and uh, so at the at this point, or was the was the mission really like, hey, let's break the women's record. Let's help Marcella break the world's record. Yeah, or are you guys just having yeah. fun to fly. Yes, it's like. We made a deal, like if it was not possible for them to make the world record, they would help me out ah, to cool. break the, the female record. Awesome. So they were like really, really good friends and really helped me. I mean, I can't uh, thank them enough, you know, uh, not only because of the flight, but I mean, uh, everything that I learned from them and flying with them, you know, which was I watched uh, the movie sequels, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like so many times. Like I would even uh, uh, know the lines. <laughs> <laughs> so it's your, me, it's your Titanic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, I, I, I'm not kidding. I used to know the lines. And for me, flying with them in the certain, only being there and flying with them, it was like a dream for me, you know? I was like, oh my God, I'm here with these pilots flying here. You know, it's just a dream. But uh, back on the flight. <laughs> so uh, near Kishada, we had some clouds. So it was uh, quite, kind of good. But it was a special difficult day for me because I felt I wasn't flying good that day, you know. 
you know, when you have some good days and bad days, sure, and there's some days that you don't climb well, you know. So I think that was one of my days. I wasn't climbing so well, so and it, it didn't it, this like uh, keep it distracting me, you know. Like I was like, oh my god, I'm not flying well. I'm not flying well. I was like trying to punish me, you know. Yeah. <laughs> But then uh, I was able to eat only after 2 p.m., I guess, <laughs> uh, <it's been laughs> because of all the turbulence. Yeah. Hmm. So after Kishiramobin, uh, after Kishada, you know, there's Kishiramobin. Yep. And it was blue again. And it was like there was uh, inversion. You could see the thick layer, like milk layer, you know. Yeah. And uh, so we thought that the flight was kind of over because it got like super um, weak. The thermos are weak and it was bad and it was really difficult and like. Out of nowhere, we were like the three, uh, the three of us were very low. And out of nowhere, we hit a thermal, like on the lee side of a little hill of 80 meters per second. <laughs> so we climbed like papers. <laughs> we were like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> oh my God. So we were super happy. <laughs> three, three pieces of confetti in the wind. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> So we were back in the game. So, and uh, after that, uh, I did the declared uh, record of three seven seven. This time, I declared three seven seven. But in order to make it, I had to like to go a little bit le- to the left than our route. So I went by myself, and they uh, stayed on the, our roof. So we, uh, I did the the waypoint, the three seven seven, and I was so happy. Like I was celebrating already, you know, because it's a world record. And the guys uh, and Rafael goes like, uh, swallow that celebration. <laughs> we are. We need to focus on the four hundred. So uh, uh-huh. forget about this and focus on the flight. You know. Ah, so, said, you, okay. so, so you guys are still in radio contact. They're, they've stayed with the obvious line. You've gone over to hit your declared goal, and then you say, screw it. I'm going to keep going. No, no, I, I, because uh, when I, I hit it, the declared goal, I was so happy that I was telling in the radio, oh, okay, we did it, we did it. <laughs> and they were like, no, we didn't do it. <laughs> you know, we need to focus on the world record. I uh-huh. said, yeah, you, you are right, you know, because I was getting too excited and uh, not concentrating on the flight anymore, you know. So I focus, I forget about the, the 377. I said, okay, let's do this. We still can make it because it was really a week. After the eight meters per second, we didn't get anything strong anymore. Mm. So, and I was able to go with, with them again so we were like the tree together but i was lower because i went to the left and then i come back and then we were like the whole end of the flight like going like every little bubble 
and being really, really patient to climb any little, I mean, any meter we could climb, you know. Mm. And we were very patient because it was uh, very weak. And so it was like 10 kilometers uh, to 402. So I was in 392. I was uh, a thousand meters from the ground. So technically, uh, theoretically, I would know that I had the record, right? Yeah, sure. And the guys were like almost celebrating. (laughs) And that time I was the one that said, no, we didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold it together, guys. I, Hold it together. Let's get this. Yeah, I'm only going to believe it when I see that 402 in my GPS, you know, 403, because I need to fly one kilometer further, right? So I wasn't even briefing, you know, like this last in case. I didn't even brief, like, so I didn't lose uh, gliding. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> so I was, um, I, I was like really uh, excited, but I didn't let myself to be excited. So I was really, I wasn't briefing. And when I saw like four oh three in the GPS, oh, I just like freak out, you know. Then it was, I was crying and crying, crying like a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, we did it. We did it. Like I said so many bad words in the radio. Like, (laughs) 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 Like this was like the explosion, you know, like the moment of like I finally achieved my goal, like after two years. Uh, trying and, and like wanting and dreaming about it and like the moment was unforgettable you know I'll always remember that moment and uh, we, we were still high I mean we managed to flew more seven kilometers so the total was 410 and 700 meters almost mm. 411 mm. so the glide ratio was really good because uh was almost 20 to 1 right in the end of the day is very good yeah uh, uh special. So, yeah it's special hour right so, so go ahead so we landed together uh me Rafael and Samuka and I mean it was really amazing I think it's the most the happiest day of my life for sure uh it's really good honey you plan a lot and and they finally achieve it did did anything change for you after that um in, in terms of like uh sponsorship or ability to fly more uh, you know that was there was there was there much of a shift in um what you're able to do yeah i think uh, for sure the record helped me a lot like it put my name in the word and uh, I got sponsors after that. Uh, now I have uh, three sponsors. I mean, not nothing like really big, but uh, with these sponsors, I have uh, the opportunity to only fly now. So now I'm only flying. Uh, 
and dedicating to competitions and going this year again to Sertão. <laughs> and uh, uh, my sponsor, one of them is, is Poch, you know, yeah. um, the other one is Navter. And the, the, like my city, the government of my city, my hometown. Mm, so right. it's a good thing. So now I can uh, dedicate myself one more year to, and let's see um, what results I can get. It. <laughs> what are some concrete things you learned from the boys? Uh, you know, when you went back and you're, you're able to hang out with, you know, truly the best of the best, um, you know, what, what, what are some of the mental things, maybe some, what are the, some of the technical things? Um, and then was there any, I'm asking too many questions here. I'll leave it at that. Just, you know, what, what are, what are the, some of the things that you, the takeaways that you learned in 2018, uh, that, you know, kind of are different from what you learned in 2017 when you were doing it on your own? Um, well, the main thing I think it's to flying as a team. Uh, it's, it's not, we think it's an easy thing to do, but it's not, uh, it's hard to fly all together. And, uh, I really appreciate it to, that they learn, they teach me how to do it. And of course I learned a lot about, uh, techniques and, uh, I don't know how, when you, uh, about the, the drift of the thermals in certain and, uh, I mean, many things, little things that helped me a lot, like constructing uh, overall concept. And also, I think one of the most important things was the mindset. Like, Rafael always told me and uh, taught me to... Because in Sertão, you have many frustrations, right? Uh, so you have to deal with them, like... If you uh, be like, how can I say? If you are, if you let your you you down, like the frustrations. If you let them to get you down, you are not go anywhere. You know, mm. you have to learn with them and see what we, you did wrong in that day, and try to make it better in the next day. You know, mm. if you are uh, hang on on that. Oh, I did it that wrong, and I'm not, never gonna do it, and it's too hard. And I mean, it, 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 you get like um, super frustrated, and you don't even like enjoying the flight anymore. You know, like uh, there was one flight after the guys, um, after no, it was before my record. Uh, but the guys landed early: Rafael, Frankie, and Cecil. And it was only me and Samuka, but Samuka was like 10 kilometers, 20 kilometers in front of me. So I was flying by myself this whole flight. And, but it was really good day. Like it was an epic day. It was really, really good. Like clouds since the beginning and really good. And when uh, it was 1 p.m., uh, 1.30 the clouds uh, disappeared, was just all blue after Kishiramobin. 
And I didn't have the feeling to, you know, to notice and be like, oh my God, now I, I need to hold back, you yeah. know? You just I you cannot switch gears. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was like from 200 meters from the ground to the ground, like, you know, uh, I got like a sink of eight meters per second or nine was crazy and I was like going the, to the other side and speed, fully speeding and nothing worked. So I landed at uh, 1.30 p.m. with 313 kilometers. <laughs> 1.30. I was like, oh was my God, day. no. Wow. Like I had the pace to do 500. Yeah, you know. Sure. And that day, uh, Samuka did 495, I guess. So that's frustrating. (laughs) Yeah, it was really, really, really frustrating. And I mean, I landed in a bad place. I was like in the hot, like for hours. And then when I got the rescue, the the retrieve, uh, we went to get Samuka. (laughs) So I went to the other side of the world. Just watching the clouds because <laughs> after Kishiramobin, the end of the day, there were clouds again. So it was like just little. You just had uh, to survive for a little while. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, you blew it. So <laughs> that's yeah, frustrating. I blew it. So I mean, it was good to learn, you know. So sure. that's what I mean. You have to learn with these frustrations sure. and see what you did wrong and make it better in the next day, you know. A 411 is a massive flight, but in the Sertau, you know, that that's, it's pretty common. There's a lot of those. So are you feeling a lot of pressure? <laughs> like, you, you know, you, you know, that that's going to get beaten, um, by, you know, a, another girl who's, who's chasing it really hard. So I guess you got to go back there pretty soon and defend it. But is there, are you, are is there, is there pressure? Um, I think I don't know. I guess that's not going to be much, that much pressure this year because, I mean, the record is mine. So because last year I was like really pressured because I went to, uh, it was my second year. So I was thinking like I need to do it, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I think this year will be more like relaxed because I will think like it's already mine. So I would do my best, of course, but, uh, and I think it's not a, a good one for 111. I mean, it's amazing, but I want more. I want way more. <laughs> yeah, sure. So I'm preparing a lot to it. And for sure, I'll be there, like in the beginning of the season, the first day I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a lot of, we haven't had a lot of women on the podcast. And when we do, um, you know, I always try to kind of dig into the whole, uh, women, men thing, because I, I still find, I, I don't know that we've ever really gotten a great answer on why there's so few women and, um, in, in the sport. And so the gal that kind of, that recommended, I get you on the show. Um, she thought you might have some pretty interesting perspectives about that. And maybe, you know, like, even after the record, wasn't there, there was some kind of awkwardness, right? With the guys mm-hmm. or something. There were some people talking about because, that I only did the flight because I was flying with the guys. Oh. Uh, 
and uh, and like uh, they didn't say this about the guys when they did the flight together, you know. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, that's we felt like we felt like it was just because I, I, I'm a girl, you know. Right. So it's like, oh, she only did it because she was with the guys, you know. Right. But I mean, I was piloting my glider, you know. I yeah. was the one like. 10 hours under it and like uh, really turbulent because the day of the record was crazy turbulent. So mm. it was not easy at all to do it. And mm. um, But I mean, it didn't bother me because um, we hear lots kinds of stuff. So uh, why are so many girls, so few girls flying? I don't know, but I feel like uh, sometimes uh, maybe it's because there's so many guys and you are like in a uh, surrounding surrounded by guys, mm. and um, sometimes um, the girls have boyfriends or uh, their father that don't like that they're surrounded surrounded by guys. Mm. So I hear that a lot, you know, like. Uh, oh, my boyfriend doesn't like me to fly with the guys, and I have to fly with him only, you know. Right. And I think I never, I never had, uh, I didn't have that, so I always fly with everyone, enjoy with everyone. So I don't know. I think maybe uh, it's still kind of a sexist um, environment. You know, like, yeah, I mean, totally. Yeah, because there's for sure because there's so many guys, and it's like when you are good as good as them, they're like, oh my god, if she's doing, anyone can do it. You know, (laughs) (laughs) that's not fair, but you're right. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Yeah, you know, (laughs) I get that a lot. So. Uh, it's like the guys in these nationals, there were so many Enzo's flying and the guys were uh, joking with me that it was like a Marcella effect because since I started flying uh, CCC wing, uh, the guys were like encouraged to change as well, you know? <laughs> the guys the were like, effect. I love if it. she hands up. Yeah, if she handle uh, uh, Enzo, we can do it too, you know? <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. That's yeah. Great. Yeah, I, I think a lot of times, that you know, like the sexism that happens on launch and just that whole, I don't know, just guys' testosterone thing. I, I, I'm not letting anybody off the hook here, but I, I think a, a lot of it is just that, you know, the, the numbers are so skewed that I, I, you know, I, I often don't think it's like conscious sexism or, yeah, or, or yeah. you know, I think it's just something that, you know, like I was just out in this community, uh, flying training it for the last month out in, in Santa Barbara in California. And there's a lot of women pilots. They've really got, mm-hmm. they're really encouraging it. And it's, you know, it's just, it's awesome. Right. And, and they're good. Cool. And a lot of them are really good. And, um, but there's this, you know, like when visiting pilots come and they're not, they don't, they, they're not used to it. They don't see it. You know, they'll, they'll be like, Oh, are you here to drive the van down? 
you know, <laughs> and, uh, and, yeah. and, and they call it out. They've got this, like, they, they all use telegram there. It's like WhatsApp, you know, and they, and they call mm-hmm. it out on that in a really nice way. Like, Hey guys, just remember, you know, that if you see a girl on launch or in the van, you know, that's not the question to ask them, you know, let's not assume mm-hmm. anything about anybody. Uh, and, and, yeah. and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, just, it's, it's, you know, it's almost kind of like, God, yeah, you need kind of that just easy reminder, but it is weird. It, it is weird that that's mm-hmm. where men's brains go. Um, yeah. You know, it's kind of funny, but it's, uh, I, but I, I, mean, I think at the it's same time, not it's conscious of, as well. It's what? It's not, I mean, it's un- unconscious, like yeah. they do it without notice, noticing. I think so you too. Know? I mean, I'm not trying to let them off the hook. It's just, it, I, I think a lot of it's just, you know, we, we just don't see, you know, we don't see many women in the sport. And so, it, it, you know, there are places for certainly like Annecy where there are more, but still it's yeah. like, it's, it's still a fraction, you know? And so um, mm-hmm. was there any kind of, let down, I guess, afterwards, you know, when we, when we chase these things so hard and we dedicate to it and, you know, and, uh, and then you get it. And then was there any kind of like, Oh, well, what, what's next? You know, because it's, it's, you know, the obvious thing is just, you know, to go bigger, but, um, I don't know. It feels kind of fleeting, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, uh, I thought that, that would be the case, but uh, it wasn't because mm. <laughs> when I did it, I was so happy. And uh, like I told you, it was like the happiest day of my life. And But I, I still wanted more. I really wanted more. Like uh, the guys left, like because my flight were was like two or three days before we were leaving. And so the guys left, but I stayed another week trying to to beat the record because you know it was not enough for me (laughs) (laughs) the guys thought you should go home you should go home you shouldn't fly by yourself here no 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 i said no i don't want to go home i want to fly more you know but i I was so tired because it was like one month uh in this routine every day and waking up early and go to the takeoff and check the pace if it's not good land come back and you know and uh there (laughs) i came to a point that i actually slept while flying (laughs) <laughs> that now now that's that's that sounds like the X Alps to me. <laughs> we're, oh we're, my god! Yeah, we, we always get little cat naps in that race where you're just like, whoa! I just fell asleep. Wake <laughs> up, man! Wake up! Yeah, it's crazy. First time that happened to me. It was like seven a.m. and it was really smooth, like no, no turbulence at all. And I was uh, going uh, gliding to from one cloud to another. So in this gliding, I slept, you know, and then when I wake up, I was, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. I I can't fly anymore, you know? So that's when I realized, okay, I did what I had to do. So it's time to go back home and wait for next year and to be bigger and better. Is, is this now really your life? Are you still practicing marine biology? Is, are you still, you know, or, or is this your job? No, like, uh, now that I have these sponsors, I'm only flying. 
I gave up of marine biology. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and do you do you see that? Is there any kind of uh, plan right now, in, in turn, or is it just more kind of freewheeling to see how it goes? I kind of have like the whole year planned already. No, I'm so, talking longer term. I mean, like, are, are are you, you know, are you hoping mm-hmm. to make paragliding kind of your living for the foreseeable yes. future, or or you know, is this just a temporary stop in the no, road of life no, and back no. to marine biology? No, I hope that I can make a living out of paragliding. I mean, even if it is like doing tandem flights, I don't know. I mean, I really love flying. And I don't know, maybe one day I can go back to marine biology because I also love sharks and I miss them so much. Mm -hmm. But I guess here in Brazil, the only option that I would have with marine biology would be to start a PhD. And a PhD would be like two... Uh, the dedication would be like exclusively almost so my flying would be compromised so <laughs> uh, I don't want to do that now so I'm trying to do my best and see if I can do it uh, I can make a living with paragliding and if I came to a point that I see that there's uh, no way to keep going uh, come back to marine biology or do something else let's see I was at a comp uh, in Macedonia last year where a a very good friend of mine um, came up and said, you know, I worry that you want it too much, Um, you know, and it hit me me in an interesting way. You know, I think uh, often we fly our best and we, you know, we we crunch the kilometers the best when we're really relaxed and in uh, yes. almost like in a different zone, especially at the comps. You know, like if you really mm-hmm. want to win and you're really you're training hard, <laughs> you know, you don't fly very well. I mean, at least at least a lot of people on the show have said that, and I know I'm like that. You know, they when I when I had my record here, you're the same. Yeah, I mean, when I had yeah. my record here the day before had been my personal best. And I, I, you know, I'd slept like three hours, you know, cause I got home super late is a long, long retrieve. And, uh, you know, and my, my buddy called from the top of the mountain and said, Hey, I think today's even better. You know, I was going home to go to bed and, and, uh, you know, I went and got a bottle of oxygen and cause we fly really, really high here. And I raced up the hill and I was, you know, like an hour off the back and, and it just it happened. It was a really windy day and it was a really kind of on the edge, actually quite scary day. But, um, you know, I think in any normal circumstances, I I would have just, it was a scary day. I I probably very much, I should have landed, but the reason it went so well is because I was so tired and I was so relaxed, you know, I was getting these huge blowouts because it was incredibly rough that day. And I just didn't care. I was, you know, like Mm. my heart rate didn't even go up. I don't think it was just, I was just kind of like in that zone where you're like super calm about everything. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think normally if I'd been in my normal headspace, I never would have pulled it off. And I don't know, do you know what I mean? It's, it's, um, I, I think there's a danger of making it like so serious about it 
rather than so yeah. relaxed about it. I mean, I'm convinced that's why Kriegel is so dominant uh, in the X Alps is because he's so much more relaxed when he's doing it than the rest of us. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's he knows he has those moves. He knows what he can do. He knows what he's capable of. But he's also just very calm. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, uh, not only uh, for the cross-country flights, but also in competitions. But uh, like the first year in Sertão, I was so into numbers because, I mean, I wanted to to beat the record. So I was looking at the distance from takeoff, like from minute to minute, you know, mm. it was too much. So, and as my goal was only to fly the whole day, I removed the distance from takeoff from my GPS. Mm. <laughs> so I couldn't see it, you know, because I was Terrific. too much. That's a great idea. Yeah, I was too much into it, you know. And I was like, my goal is not about the numbers. My goal is to fly the whole day. So I'm going to remove it and I'm going to enjoy it because I, I like to fly. So I will enjoy the flying and not worry about how many kilometers uh, I flew, you know. So it was the day that uh, I did, uh, the day I flew the whole day and did the Brazilian Fremeio record. Mm. So that's a, I think that's a very small shift. That's a big difference, isn't it? I like that. Big that's difference. Great. Yeah. Uh, and I think also in competitions, when I'm the most relaxed, when I'm not caring about it, it's when I'm good at, when I'm too worried and wanting to win, uh, I do something that it's gonna get me lower. Uh, I'm not going to climb well. And no, no, it's, it's crazy. Mm. Marcella, that's a great place to end. Not only because that's a nice ending, but also because my little one just woke up and it's about to get really <laughs> loud here. You can probably hear her in the background. <laughs> she gets pretty excited in the morning. So, uh, what a pleasure. It was really nice to hear your story. I wish you the best of luck. Uh, it's amazing to be able to make a life out of paragliding. So, uh, what a gift, uh, just keep, I can tell you're very excited about it and that that's, that's terrific. So, uh, keep charging. I wish you the best of luck and, uh, I hope we, you and I actually meet flying someday. I'm sure we will. It's a small little world. Yeah, thank you, Gavin, for everything. Thank you for this opportunity to talk to you. It was a great pleasure to meet you. And I also uh, hope that we can fly one day together. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Good luck, and uh, we'll talk soon. I hope you enjoyed that. Always fun to sit down with these great pilots in different parts of the world. Super inspiring. As always, all we ask for is a buck a show. If you're getting something out of the cloud-based mayhem, there are many ways you can support it, either financially uh, through PayPal and soon to be just directly through our website. We'll have details of that up pretty soon. Uh, But if you can't support us financially, we totally understand this will remain free as long as we can do it. Uh, but you can support it in many other ways. You can give us on a rating on iTunes or Stitcher or however you listen to your podcast. That really goes a long ways. Uh, you can blog about it on your own blog. You can uh, post about it on social media, share it with your friends, talk about it on the way to launch. I know many, many of you are doing that. I really appreciate it. 
And another way you can support us is through our store. We've just got a whole new load of awesome Patagonia t-shirts for men and women and a whole new box of super styly uh, trucker hats by Recaps. Each one is totally unique. Uh, got a whole bunch more colors that seem to be more in favor. Uh, so go to cloudbasedmayhem.com, click on the store link and uh, get some cool swag. That's another great way to support the show. Um, but yeah, get behind us. You know, we're doing this directly just through you instead of sponsors because I just can't stand having that whole sponsor thing at the top of the show. And I want you to know that it's a authentic conversation. It's just opinions and they're not being skewed by advertising dollars, which I think is a pretty toxic, uh, thing that's happening going on right now globally with all the stuff going on with Facebook and, and others. So Anyway, we'd like to do it direct. We appreciate your support, and we'll see you on the next one. Cheers. Cheers.